0: I'm Hannah Young and you're listening to The Caring Economy with Toby Usnick sponsored by Philanthropic Impact. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Wherever you are in the world, welcome back to The Caring Economy with me, Toby Usnick. Today we have another great exciting episode of The Caring Economy. Our goal is always to spotlight luminaries and change makers who are transforming the world and this one does. He continues to be a truly inspirational figure. Born in, I'm going to pronounce this as best I can, Mundri, AP in yeah. India, Dr. VK Raju, or VK as I know him, is not only a distinguished academic and venerated ophthalmologist, but he's also an individual deeply committed to global social impact. With affiliations to esteemed institutions like the West Virginia University and the iconic Wilmer Eye Institute at Johns Hopkins, VK's credentials in the world of ophthalmology are unparalleled. However, it's his philanthropic heart and vision, pun intended, that truly sets him apart. As the founder and president of the Eye Foundation of America, he has been a pivotal person in realizing a dream, a world devoid of childhood blindness. Through initiatives spanning over 25 countries, countless screenings and surgeries in hundreds of thousands, Dr. VK Raju and EFA has transformed lives. Driven by the potent words of his mentor in London that emphasizes the trifold solution of education today, we unravel the journey of VK, his formative years, his career trajectory, his mission to eradicate childhood blindness, and his invaluable guidance to those seeking their own purpose in life and in career. So VK, welcome to The Caring Economy.
1: Well, well, glad to be here, glad to be here.
0: So VK, we always ask our guests at the start to tell us a little bit, maybe two, three minute digest of their life story, maybe where they were born, how they found their way, bumps along the way. How did you get from there to here?
1: Yeah, well, I'm born in Rajamandri in Andhra Pradesh, South India. I did my medical school in andhra medical college in visakhapatnam which is about 120 miles from my hometown mm-hmm. and then i went to london in england wanted to do a career in ophthalmology i started a little bit ophthalmology back at home and i left and went to london did emergency room first and mm-hmm. then went into ophthalmology and i met incredible mentors especially one of them in the beginning, Roland Arthur Byrne, Dr. Byrne. Of course, they call surgeons in England Mr. is a title. That's a different history. And he used to say, Raj, there are three solutions for every problem or any problem. First is education, second is education, and third is education. That got into me. And I would like to educate myself all the time. And I'm never, I'm very happy each day, but I'm never satisfied with education or what I do through I Foundation of America and many, many friends. The biggest thing I will always talk about it about me is yep. never walk alone. I want to walk with others. I That's that. how the That's I Foundation good. of America could do what it did in actually more than 30 countries now. Yeah. So, so
0: when you were a young kid in India, why ophthalmology was there? Did you have someone introduce you to it? Were you always fascinated by your own eye doctor? I mean, it's a very specific profession.
1: Mm, but no, I people ask me that part of the question. I really do not know. My dad died very early. You know, it was only five years. My mother was architect of our family. Seven children. Though we didn't have uh, much of financial problems, we were pretty well to do. My mother was architect, and she always talked about something, you know, a little generosity and doing something for others. Mm. And I got interested in medicine really to be answering that question. I don't know when it happened. And ophthalmology always attracted, you know, because people with uh, vision problems, and I used to see. Probably this is. I don't think I can really answer that question. certain things that made me to go to ophthalmology, but. The work of the Eye Foundation is certainly because one of the uh, uh, visits, you know, my uh, holidays to, to from London when I went to India, a farmer from the nearby village to rajmandri came and asked him, he's an 80-plus-year-old guy, asked me to look his eyes. I never had any instruments at that time. I felt like a fish out of water. You know? I, so I took a flashlight and looked it. At that time, it occurred to me, well, there's so much can be done to look at you know, people in you know, other countries. And I heard about the eye camps originated in India. These are like health fairs. How we can reach people, not just in ophthalmology, in abdomen, gastroenterology, cardiology, neurology. You can screen people outside the hospital, people even if they don't come to the hospital. That's how it started. Once it started, I got really hooked into that. You want to do, you know, one of our, uh, another mentor used to say, whatever you do, you do more and more of that. If you mm-hmm. keep on watching cricket, you keep on watching cricket more and more. And if you do, that's what happened to me. And, uh, and so many friends, yeah. support, and, you know, I walk with them, yeah
0: but I love that metaphor of walking with others and um educate 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 I also am a lifelong learner and teacher so I can relate to that interestingly enough we had a earlier guest uh this month uh Baron Lumba in the UK who has done a lot of work around uh widows and I learned in that interview, he was his mother was widowed with, I think, eight kids. My husband was widowed. His mom was widowed with eight kids. My mom was widowed with five kids. And now I'm hearing you say your mom was widowed with seven kids. So it's, it's interesting, this theme of, I think, purpose-driven leaders who had strong moms <laughs> in a time in a society where there really wasn't, you know, it was not expected for them to have a university degree or a career, but I, somehow it worked. Did you yeah. share that experience?
1: Absolutely. You know, in the roots of Indian culture, philosophy, in Sanskrit, they call Matru Devo Bhava. Mother, I see God in you. You see, Mm -hmm. so many people tell you who has seen the God, but there is mother is the first one in almost in every culture. By the by, Raj Lumba, Lord Lumba is coming to Rajamandri on eighteenth and nineteenth in Rajamandri. He will be with us.
0: Yeah, he's going to do, he told me he's doing a big kickoff event there with our friends at Blitz Newspaper. That's right.
1: That is very exciting for uh, Rajavindrarians, and they're all Rotarian. He was a Rotarian too. And I'm all, looked everything I do through Rotary, because what they did with with, uh, Polio, political will, professional will, and people's will, when they combine, Anything is possible in this world today. There are enough resources, enough technology for everything. There is not, what, 30 years ago, I could not have said this.
0: Yeah. Well, we will
1: have to combine, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it all comes down to leadership, which is why I love having leaders such as you on this program. Let's talk a little bit about the I Foundation of America. Tell us what it is, how you created it, and its impact.
1: Yeah, and uh, after that... Uh, far more seeing and I thought of doing the camps and uh, first year I did and the camp, iCamp is just with the local social organization, they advertise, come and get your eyes checked and all that surgeries and all the newspapers and the radio, there was on the TV too, probably that was not much TV at the time. Anyway, I was astonished to see the number of childhood problems this was in 77.
0: And where were we? Which states? In, you...
1: We did that one in Vijayawada, that another town with the multiple villages all around in Andhra Pradesh. Mm-hmm. And I went there to do the camp. And I was I saw so many children. And children need very different kind of equipment and do surgeries and all that. So mm-hmm. this next year, I took an instrument that was just coming. It's called a vitrectomy instrument, vitrectomy. You gel, you remove, and you remove cataracts, and children can be born with cataracts. You can be born with cataract. Mm A lot of people do not know. They think cataracts are only in adults after 60s and 70s and 80s. And I took that instrument. This is a $25,000 instrument in 78, and in Mumbai airport, they stopped me almost like a criminal for about six hours. <laughs> that all changed it today. Toby, in 1991, what happened in India? I could take lasers and I carry so many instruments each time when the new instruments come and there is hardly any objection because things have changed yes. in 1991. But before that, it was, uh, oh, it used to be terrible because I could not take any of those things. So one of my friends here, patient's son actually is a lawyer, Mr. Stone. He advised, Raju, you must not travel like this. You must have some authentication, something, form a foundation. So uh, formed a West Virginia Eye Foundation. Then it went into Eye Foundation of America. The vice president of our university said, no, you are doing beyond this in Africa and other countries, so name it differently foundation of i foundation of america so we said i always felt what is in a name just to do it but Mm -hmm. there is things have changed
0: so so tell us a little bit about particularly here in the u.s where does one encounter you your folks the work you're doing is it do you have physical buildings do you go out and do camps like you once did in india do you just find people online how does it work
1: yeah, in, in in United States, the need is very little. But still, our foundation do it. Actually, in my practice, I will never turn down if the patient doesn't have insurance. I'll still take care. Good. And so the people will take. But uh, it's not really that. You know, not the entire office is not full of people who did not have insurance. They may mm-hmm. have one or two a day. They may come. You know, it's not the need. It's not really that much. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, in a highly developed country like this country, still one is too many.
0: Right. That's
1: what I think. Even childhood blindness, one is too many because he's going to live for another 75 years.
0: So so where is the work happening? Is it still, it's in India, it's Africa, it's...
1: Yes, mainly so, yeah. the main yeah. institute is in Rajamindri. We yeah. almost see 250-300 uh, patients a day Wow. We have outreach programs. The most important part of our work is still concentrating is reaching 65% of India still lives in villages. Even United States, 60% are small towns. Mm. And but they have you know, comparatively you know, their accessibility. Here they think about 10-15 miles travel is they think it is big deal. Mm. Whereas there, you know, I mean still they cannot. So we have almost um, nine, ten vehicles. And we do take them and reach to the villages. And every day, there is a camp that is done outreach programs we do. That is the most important aspect in India we do. And we'll bring them when they need surgery, they come to the hospital.
0: Yeah. how how do you interface with the government in India? Do you you work with their blessing, and you work in hand with them, or how's you it work? A
1: beautiful word, the only blessings. We try to work with them to help and all that. The government in India, state government, they're all very busy with their own things, especially you know politics. But last year, at least, bless I bless them too. They gave our institute Gautami I Institute as the best. High hospital in its category, best hospital in its what it does. So we are very grateful to the government that way. So, but there's not really that much comes with you know from the government. yeah, they're too busy with other things, yeah,
0: yeah, same in this country. Can you tell us what what would you want our listeners and viewers to know about either the foundation or about blindness or childhood blindness? What myths are out there? What what don't people realize? What are some of the opportunities around yeah. the eye care?
1: The childhood blindness is very different from adult, by adult blindness. Suppose a 65, 70 year old guy could not get a treatment, but still in the next four or five years, there is life expectancy is not there anymore. Whereas a child who became you know, blind during childhood, which can be done. This is called avoidable blindness. Mm -hmm. With the avoidable blindness came because because of today's resources and today's technology. 30 years ago, I could not have said that because this instrument I'm talking about, vitrectomy instrument, the two needles you put into the eye and within 10 minutes, you remove the cataract and give the patient a great vision Mm -hmm. for the next 75 years. Man. People, when they use the word charity, somehow inside, I don't like the word charity. It is the greatest investment on in children and 75 if they are productive. Otherwise, a child who becomes blind, problem to himself, to the family, to the society. Yeah. World Bank once said one of the most cost effective health interventions is giving vision to a child. Yep. Still, 500,000 children go blind each year. Wow. But we have the resources and technology. What it needs is, a lot of people should get you know informed because a lot of people still do not know that child, children get cataracts, glaucoma, optic nerve problems, just like the adults, children can get these things. But the most important thing with the children is, if you don't catch them early, if you don't treat them early, it is too late because mm. the brain cells get neglected. Later in life, you can't do much to them. I would most important thing I shall recently happened. There is a little device, what so-called, you can call it a bionic vision from Israel. Time to time, there are quite a few like that. Yep. A blind kid can read and see and all that. You know, it is a marvelous tool technology, but it is such grossly misleading to the average public, even 20 out of them, one of the cardiologists who supports our program, he said, Raju, we have the answer. They think, you know, that will give it. No, it is far from true there's an old saying in Russia, when there is news, there is no truth. When there (laughs) is truth, there is no news. So with that one, 1 billion people are walking on the planet. They need a pair of glasses, children and adults are alike, one billion of them. But these devices are marvelous technologies, no question. For a completely blind person, they can see a little bit and do, but that is not the answer at all. For but average person, including doctors, think, oh, this is the answer. We don't need Eye Foundation of America anymore.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, again today on The Caring Economy, we're really pleased to have Dr. VK Raju with us. He's an ophthalmologist, first and foremost, but he's also the founder of the Eye Foundation of America. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to realizing a world without childhood blindness, which we're hearing the dramatic statistics around how much blindness there is in their young people. Um, I wonder, VK, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, I'm very proudly American, very bullish on America I think Americans are incredibly philanthropic. We know this statistically. But can you tell us a little bit about your experience in fundraising here in the U.S. and and how it's going and what you've sort of learned through the years about the American spirit?
1: Absolutely. I mean, right in Morgantown, the first two families who supported, you know, Joe Swiger family. Actually, I did corneal transplants. Corneal transplants is my special interest and research interest.
0: Mm -hmm. I did
1: some stalwarts in London, two of them. And then they recruited me. Some people asked me, how did you end up in West Virginia? (laughs) But no, I came to West Virginia the university recruited me for the corneal transplants. And I felt too, when I came certain things, I was about to leave to Chicago or California. I did not leave today. I feel I'm glad I'm in West Virginia. Wonderful people. And a patient who had a problem since the age of 10, And he built, he's he's not an engineer, but he built a big uh, company in gas wells. He's -hmm. 75, 76 now. He's Mm -hmm. having a lot of health problems. I did Cornell he's the biggest supporter of the foundation, that's number one. Another one in another family here, later the big support is coming from, I did my personally, I give a lot of my stuff from the foundation to the foundation. Each time I do LASIK surgery, Mm -hmm. a patient gets rid of his glasses. The entire amount, 4,500, goes to the foundation. 40 to 50 patients get glasses. Children especially, glasses get the other countries. Mm -hmm. In one of my first camps in 84, one of my earlier camps in 84, Mm -hmm. I saw a kid came from a village in Andhra Pradesh. His name is Srinu. This is in 84 or 85. Mm-hmm. And corneal opacity, the cornea, as you know, the front of the eye, just like a crystal of a watch, it became cloudy. He was born with cloudiness of the cornea. So mm-hmm. the light doesn't enter. So he's blind. Mm-hmm. We brought him. At that time, corneas are not that easily available. Though I used to do some. We brought him to United States, our hospital right in Morgantown. We did the corneal transplant. This kid, Srinu, Went on to finish, doctorate in pharmacy at Rutgers University is the biggest benefactor of the foundation today.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So VK, obviously your work and your effort are to ensure healthy vision and to eradicate blindness, particularly in youth. But the other side of the coin, what about people who have lived a blind life? What about the blind certainly their lives are still invaluable. They contribute. I wonder if there are any myths there that we might want to sort of address about um, the ability of the blind to contribute to society and to live fruitful lives.
1: Absolutely. Especially children during infancy when they became blind and nobody did anything and it's too late. Some of them you can't do much at all because it was delayed. Or... Some neurological abnormalities. Mm-hmm. Toby, even those people, if we catch them early, whether they will be available for everybody or not, gene therapy. Okay. their blindness. Wow. But some of them will cost you know five hundred thousand dollar operation and all kind. Yeah, very rich may be able to help and you know afford. But even those people need not be blind today. But when those things are not available, there are very talented people who are blind from childhood and they don't complain. They mm. don't know complaints at all. And we are trying to, with the new building we are constructing in Rajmendri, because the old building space is not enough. In the old building, we are trying to start a school for the blind mainly. Make them I mean, teach them music. Mm. Yeah, we are, that's all in the plants, actually.
0: Hmm. So um, when you, I'm thinking about, you talked about gene therapy. I wonder about AI and what's going on with um, stem cell research. Do you have, I know you don't have a crystal ball, VK, but do you have any sort of uh, encouraging messages around the marriage of technology and research and blindness?
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that question. Today, nobody needs to be blind. It's not an exaggeration, mind you. I can Mm. explain in another one much detailed way about people who don't have an eyeball. Let's say there's no eyeball at all. They can be born with some gene abnormality, completely eyeball. Such cases, there's no gene therapy. You can have the bionic eye we are talking about, put in a frame, some of things, and connect it to the brain. At least these kids can see windows. Doors and they can walk around, or when things get better, they may be able to read too in future. I don't know that part. Right. But- So-called bionic eye. Another patient with the, you know diabetes is increasing all over the world. Still, there's no end to it. People with repeated bleedings, bad diabetes, they could not control, repeated bleeding in the eye, retinal detachment. Optic problems, stem cells can help. So bionic eye, stem cell research. The third one is somebody with an abnormal gene was born, gene therapy. With the three these things, three things, nobody needs to be blind, Mm. but needs to be blind. But will it be available for everybody? Just like look, look at this today with all the advancements of last 30. Last 40 years, 45 major breakthroughs in medicine, not just the eye, in cardiology, neurology, gastroenterology, everywhere, but still one and a half billion people don't have access to water and one billion people walking on the planet, they cannot afford the exam or just a pair of glasses. That can can change with the political will, professional will, and people combined, that's why no more polio on the planet. How did it happen?
0: Yeah. Well, I attribute it to leadership. I'm mindful of our time. I have two last questions. One is about leadership and and polarization. I wonder uh what your what your thoughts are or reflections on the polarization in the world today, particularly from your vantage point, an Indian immigrant in West Virginia. You 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 wouldn't be the typical person we would envision in this country thinking of West Virginia, but there you are thriving, contributing. Uh, how How do you see the future of this country in terms of polarization and getting us all together again? What's the way?
1: But, as I said, uh, when you said leader so many times, I don't think I'm leader at all. I'm still I would like to be called a bricklayer,
0: a bricklayer, okay yeah.
1: there is no more trust in it. Think if you can I came in seventy seven and I traveled as a joke we had recently we had uh, I've been to in Ma, April to Guatemala, and I'm going back in November. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of need in Guatemala. So Indian ambassador is helping us. Incredible. Never, ever happened anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so coming to the point you ask question, there's no well, more trust, trust in each. You know, people don't trust each other. Governments do not trust each other yeah. in medicine, you know, doctors and pe- there is the one word, trust is very low today in this world today.
0: Yeah, but how do you address that? What do you think? I mean, one person at a time, one brick laying at a time?
1: Yeah, that's one. But you see, mine are, some of my talks will be maybe impractical. It's again, mothers and fathers and the family has to change. I think everything starts there Probably.
0: Right. as we had with our mums. And and my last question for you, Dr. VK, is um we always ask our guests for their pearls of wisdom, the lessons they've learned in life for having a purpose-driven life, a purpose-driven career. What what do you say to both our young listeners and viewers who are starting out in their careers, but maybe even older listeners who are perhaps interrupted mid-career? What what sort of lessons or advice do you have?
1: Right. Since you asked, I will say that because I had a little and my, whenever I give a talk at the end, I mean, I, people ask me, you know, advice. There are two kinds of fools in this world. <laughs> one who gives advice. The other one who doesn't take an advice. I hope I will. I think I belong to the first category with the hope that you be, don't belong to the other other category, I say. But still, I will give an advice. What I think is like uh, American icon actor, I don't remember his name. He said, believe in what you are doing. No, believe is last word actually. Like what you do, understand what you do and believe in what you do. If we, these fundamentals, these things will, I think is wonderful you be live you know today's with the advancements compared to 40 50 60 years ago we are in the internet if you use it right way what a learning we can get it within i used to do when talk in, um, in in first newspaper in a journal article i wrote it took the royal college of surgeons i used to go saturday sunday i went for morning 9 to 5 o'clock in the library close take those books and all that just to write a paper it took weeks today I can do that within about 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And when I review to British Soft Journal, they give all those articles. Within three hours, I'm finished what you could do for about three months. So make the best out of the internet today. It's an incredible time to Absolutely. live. Best out of it, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I like that advice. You got to do it with passion and also believe in it and take advantage of the resources that are available to us. I want to thank you again. Dr. V. K. Raju is an amazing ophthalmologist and founder of the Eye Foundation of America. Keep up the good work, sir. I look forward to having you back in the coming year.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you for uh, what you done. I'm very excited to be with you today. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you for listening to The Caring Economy, with Toby Uznik. Please share your comments and questions with Toby via Twitter at tuznik or LinkedIn at Toby Uznik. And thank you for sharing The Caring Economy with your friends and colleagues.